Good morning, good morning. Today, Shelby Smith is going to be preaching for us. Uh, I want to give just a little uh, intro here for a second. You know who this man is, most of you as Parkway members. Oh, over a year ago, uh, Shelby came to one of the association uh, pastor's breakfasts here, and uh, he was in the process of retiring, or was retired at that time, and explained to me about a ministry that he was about to begin offering association churches in evangelism. And then he explained the experience that he had uh, in evangelism, uh, 30, 30, 40 plus years, something like that. And so he offered us uh, several weeks on Wednesday night of evangelism training, which many of you have come to. Uh, The fruit of that was a group of somewhere between 40 and 50 people uh, that have basically committed uh, as life allows, because I know things happen. We get sick and have conflicts and family emergencies and things of that nature. Uh, but committed, 40 to 50 people committed to begin to go out into the community uh, on Sunday evenings at 5 o'clock. Now, September was a little off because we had, uh, we had deacon ordination, some other things that happened where we wanted the entire church here for that, to not splinter the church into, into pieces to go out for evangelism. But the month of October uh, is, is wide open. So beginning this evening at 5 o'clock, Brother Smith will be here. We've got teams organized, uh, and we will be going out into the community to share the gospel with people. Uh, we have a, a small John uh, track that he has uh, helped us to, 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 to help provide us and a little uh, insert, a little guide on things to, to say, to, to nudge them spiritually. And then Miss Carol uh, did a, uh, made a nice little index card size promotional piece for our church. Uh, it's, it's only from 5 until about 6.30, then we come back around 6.45, and we talk about our experience and what happened, where we went, did we see people, did people act receptive, and things of that nature. So but he will come, the reason why he's preaching today is the, 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 the Lord has given him a word to try to, to motivate us, uh, to propel us and convict us to, to start October strong, amen? To where we can go out and see people saved and snatched from darkness and brought into the kingdom of the beloved Son. So if you have not participated in that training but would like to come tonight and, and go out with us, I want, I want to extend the invitation to you uh, to, to do so. And, uh, and, brother, we're so glad that you're here today, and your lovely wife, Debbie, is right there. Oh, you don't have to mouth it. I know your name, Debbie. So welcome. Welcome, brother. Thank welcome. You. Thank Absolutely. You, brother. So y'all welcome Shelby Smith, please. All right. Thank you. <clears throat> and just one other thing. I know somebody out there is wondering, what are we paying this guy? You know what that means, right? Double alt means zero, not buckshot, zero. This man is doing this out of the love for Christ and the love for the church and wanting to see lost people saved. Thank you so much, Brother, brother Shelby. And I, I, I just appreciate so much your heart for the Lord and Colton, your heart for God and, and the others that are here and those that have been coming and going out. I'm, Really, really blessed in that. Get your Bibles out, if you will, and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16. Why do I do what I do? Because of who Jesus is to me. And today I want us to think about the fact, who is Jesus to you? You know, I called Brother Shelby because it was a, one of those mornings when I was on my front porch just praying and thinking and the Lord was speaking. And I began to think about the fact that what does it mean to believe in Jesus? And I realized that to believe in Jesus means to believe in who he is, what he says, and what he's done. And so many times in the gospel, what we do is we begin to, you know, talk about what he did on the cross. 
But then I began to realize you're, the impact of what he did and what he says is dependent upon who you think he is. Because if somebody came off the street and told me, hey, take this number and you're going to win the billion dollar lottery tomorrow. Well, I wouldn't. But if the guy came from the future and could prove that to me, I'd be thinking a little bit differently. You know, I wouldn't tell anybody, but I'd make sure the tithe off of it. So I'd be a good Christian and say, thank the Lord, you know. Nobody would complain if the church that I tithe in, they'd be just happy about that. Well, the Lord bless you. But you know, who Jesus is to you, and right here in the middle of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus stops and he asks his disciple the question that I believe the Spirit of God is asking everybody here today, who do you say Jesus is? Pray with me, and then let's get into God's Word. Father, I thank you, Lord. We don't want to preach a sermon. We want to have a spiritual event with you. We want to have, Lord, an experience where our ears are sharpened to hear more than we've heard before. Where, Lord, we don't close our eyes, but our hearts are hungry for the righteousness and the light and the life that Jesus wants to give us today. Father, the life that you want to give us to carry us out of here, that we can be more than we are because of who you are to us. May your spirit, your will, your pleasure be done today. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people said, amen. amen. So in the Gospel of Matthew, beginning with verse 13, Matthew 16 and verse 13, let me read. It says, now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he began asking his disciples, saying, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Maybe he's going around asking them. He begins to ask him. He's asking them. Well, they said, well, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But then Jesus looked them in the eye and he said, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that upon that you are Peter, that means little rock, but upon this rock, this big rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell, Hades, will not overpower it. Jesus was saying, you're a little rock, but let me tell you what the big rock is. The big rock is the people who say, I am the Son of God. The church is built upon the premise that people are there wanting to know more about what Jesus says because of who he is. They want to learn more about what he did because of who he is. And so, who is Jesus to you? Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And you might say, why does he call himself the Son of Man? Because when you go back to Daniel, and Daniel mentions this Holy One of God standing in the presence of the Ancients of Days, and he says, the Son, one like the Son of Man. So Jesus refers to himself all the time as the Son of Man. Let me tell you something. Jesus drops breadcrumbs all along the way. The key is who's going to pick them up and find out where they're leading to. 
You see, when you believe in who Jesus is, every breadcrumb is vital and important. You don't listen in church to hear what Jesus says to go home and think, well, that was good. You hear what he says to go home and think, what needs to change in my life? There's a difference. And so who is Jesus to you is going to impact everything you do. Would you agree? And that's what, and you know, part of this was when I went to talk to one of my neighbors and I asked him and we talked to him about the Lord. He said, well, I think God, Jesus must have been an alien that came here, maybe had powers and, and stuff. And I'm thinking people have all kinds of opinions of who Jesus is. And maybe here in this church, some of you are very much like some of these. Oh, he's a great spiritual leader. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus has to be more than just a spiritual leader. Pastor, one of the things I realized, I had to go back and look at it. I said that this book is written that you might know, have eternal life. But you know what the emphasis of it is? The Gospel of John is written, quote, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the living Son of God. The Bible is written for you to know who he is because when you know who he is, everything he says changes. You have a good heart because you don't pick and choose what you're going to believe. Every word Jesus said is vital. Amen? Everything Jesus did. In fact, what makes it even so amazing, the Son of God was born in a stable. The Son of God was hated by religious people who had built a religion around themselves. Let me tell you something. If we're going to have churches alive and powerful today, we need churches that are built around Jesus Christ, not around yourselves. May I do nothing that he might increase. And so everybody has an opinion of who Jesus is. And their view, their perspective of, Je of Jesus is going to affect everything they think about what he says and does. So, some people see him as a great spiritual leader. He is Elijah, John the Baptist. Somebody says, well, that's a good religion. You got a good leader. Let me tell you something. We have more than a good leader. He is the son of God. Never before has God sent his son in the flesh here on this planet to walk around. He is the direct connection between us and God. And we need to bow down and worship. Some of us don't have quiet times where we take time to worship the Lord and love him and get into his word and listen. Why? Because Jesus is not big enough in your life. Plain and simple. We have enough time for a lot of things, but we need to go back to understanding what it says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so, you know, but some people don't believe in Jesus at all. In Matthew chapter 13, if you turn back over there, Jesus is talking about the, sermon, the, the sower and the seed. The disciples come and, why are you speaking in parables? The people don't understand this. Jesus got tired of people that kept hearing what he had to say. They, he kept, they kept brushing it off and not really paying attention to it. So he starts talking in parables to make it harder. Not that he was trying to make it harder. He was trying to divide the sheep from the goats because the sheep always want to know what he's saying. And the disciples came to him asking, what does this mean? And some people walked away and said, that guy's cuckoo. And people today are on two sides today. 
Some people who believe in what he has, you're going to seek. Seek me with all your heart, you're going to find me. But anyway, here in the, Matthew, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13 and verse 14, Jesus is explaining about the, the spiritual situation. Verse 14, it says, In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says you will keep on hearing but will not understand. You'll keep on seeing but you will not perceive. The heart of this people has become dull. That is a key to this verse. Jesus, God is saying, if your heart is dull, if you're not listening for God, you've got dull heart, you're going to have weak ears. It's not that important to you. You come for a church experience. You come to check it off. I've done my weekly duty. Let me tell you something. When you come in the presence of God, you better come in fear and trembling of you're in the presence of the one. And Lord, please speak. Your servant listens. Your heart has become dull. With their ears, they scarcely hear. God speaks, but people just barely hear because you pick and choose what you want to listen to. And then it says, and they have closed their eyes. Woe unto the church that closes its eyes unto what Jesus has said, who he is and what he's done. I believe with all my heart, he's called us to be witnesses. He's called us to go and share the love. Even if it's going to a door and saying, this is the best news you ever heard, it tells you how you can live forever with Jesus in paradise. Even the simple thing like that, you do the small steps and God will, you never watch uh, Popeye the Sailor Man? Some of us are old enough, we've seen that show. Popeye the Sailor Man. He would take that spinach and become 10 times what he was. Let me tell you something, folks. We need to be feeding on the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the power of God. We need to be empowered. And we take those little steps of just maybe not even the speaker. And every team has one person that speaks and the one person that prays that they don't get shot and another person is recording everything. So you don't have to be the person that speaks. You can just go on a team and say, I just want to be here. You put yourself in position for God to work through. And to feel him and experience him and you'll begin to sense there's something different going on here. We need people who will say, hook me up to the faucet, God, and let her flow. We come to church. We open up one side of the spigot and the water comes, but you know what happens to a hose that you don't open the other end? That water, if, 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 if it was hot at one time, it gets cold. You gotta open up the other faucet. You ever open up the hot water and about that time you grab the pipe and that thing's hot. Folks, you and I need to be busy doing even the thing God has asked us to do and then watch to see how he moves through us and changes us. But I'm telling you, it all revolves around who is Jesus to you? Because if he's not that big, his words are not that significant. You've closed your eyes. And then Jesus said that there's even those who prefer darkness. He said, this is the judgment in John chapter 3. The light, that is he, has come into the world, but men love the darkness rather than light. Their deeds were evil. He says, everyone who does evil hates the light, doesn't come to the light, and fear that their deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light. And Jesus is going to say, and the gospel of John is going to say, Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus says the judgment is people don't really want the truth 
of the light. And that can be people that are Christians. You want to hear what Jesus says in, in, in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Oh, we love that. But when Jesus says, follow me and I'll make you to become a fisher of men, oh, that's not in my category. Let me tell you something. If you have a category for where you're going to listen to these words of Jesus and ignore and don't even close, you close your eyes to the other words of Jesus, let me ask you, who is Jesus to you? A convenient one that you build your own belief around depending upon what you want to listen to? Be careful how you listen because whoever has good listening ears, God says, I'm going to give you more. Whoever doesn't, I'm going to take away what you thought you had. A person receives or believes in Jesus as the Son of God, when they do that, it changes everything. It changes everything. It changes everything. And so Jesus said, but who do you say I am? You know, we can spend time around here talking about what the world thinks. And boy, we got a bad world, don't we? I mean, things are a mess. But you know, the only thing that I have to deal with when I sit on my front porch is who is Jesus to me? What am I doing about the things that God has put in my heart? And, and so Jesus then turns to Peter and he says, but who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Believing in Jesus is believing in him. When you believe in Jesus, what he does becomes more significant to you. You believe in what he says, you believe in what he does. Amen? All right, we've said that. Now, that we're going to see is the work of the Holy Spirit. You see, we talked about hooking up to the water faucet. We talked about we want to have the hot, fiery water of God's Spirit flowing through us. Are you ready to open it up on the other end to do what God said with it? Because he's not going to put water in you if you're just going to be a stagnant. You know, sometimes we come, we think church is about coming and learning. But remember the very first sermon I preached? One of the problems is people are learning, but they never come to the knowledge of reality. The reality of Christ in you. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of God inside of us. I can tell you this. I am weak, but he is strong. I am poor, but he is rich. And I come to the Lord the same steps of the, the Sermon on the Mount. Always will. Blessed are those poor in spirit. Lord, I fall so many times, but Lord, I'm going to keep getting up and going towards you. Mourning. Blessed are those who mourn. Lord, I mourn because I'm not who I need to be. Jesus says you're blessed because you're on the right track to follow me. It's not you, but it's me. And Paul said, I've learned the secret. I can only do it through Jesus who strengthens me. And so your experience in life is learning how, what John the Baptist said, I must decrease so he must increase. So Jesus, who he is to you, is he the one that you're wanting to live for? Does he really mean that much to you? Is he real in your life? Jesus said to Peter, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, my Father who's in heaven. You and I have to realize spiritual maturity, spiritual uh, discernment, spiritual growth only happens because God rolls it out into your heart and mind because of how you've treated what he said to you already.
Does that make sense? The, the Bible says, Hebrews eleven six. 6, for without faith it's impossible to please him because those that come to him must believe that he is, Jesus is the Son of God, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The way you respond to his word and what he wants you to do is you saying, I'm seeking him diligently or ta-ta. Who is Jesus to you? Jesus said one time in, in the Gospel of John there, because he had just talked about the fact that if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't have anything to do with me. And people were saying, man, they left. A lot of people left Jesus. And then Jesus said to his disciples, my words are spirit. I wasn't talking literally about eating my flesh. He was speaking of the Lord's Supper that was going to be coming up, that, that this is my covenant in this, in this, this, my blood of the covenant in this juice. This is my body that's broken for you. They weren't really eating the, the flesh of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. But Jesus, what is it saying? The Spirit gives life, the words. It is the Holy Spirit, Jesus said to Peter, who revealed this to you. When you see me as a son of God, it's because you have watched what I've done and you're at the place that you really believe who I am. And so that is such a major issue. Well, we talked about be care, careful how you listen. Now, what I want to do is I want to get to the Gospel of John. Because if you turn over there, turn now with me to the Gospel of John. That book is written, we have already read it, that book is written that we might believe he is the Messiah and believe he's the Son of God. It, it's really, brother, pastor, it's, it's really kind of got me thinking. The biggest issue in the world is that they recognize and believe who Jesus is. It's not believing the gospel. It's believing the Jesus in the gospel. You can believe the facts of the gospel like the devil does, but I guarantee you today, the devil never does kneel down in front of Jesus. The devil does not submit to him and trust him as the Son of God. When you're saved, you are believing in Jesus as the Son of God, my Lord, my Savior. Remember, doubt, doubting Thomas, my Lord and my God. So when you look in the Gospel of John, this, this book that was written specifically that we would believe in Jesus the Messiah and Jesus the Son of God, John begins intentionally introducing who he is. Man, it's made more sense to me because I realize that if I'm going to be who I need to be, I need to deal with the question, who is Jesus to you? Some of this is pretty mind-boggling. In fact, when a person reads the Gospel of John, if they understand what is being said here, they should begin to ask themselves, wow, how is this book going to help me believe that? All right, so in the Gospel of John, you begin in the very first verse. Let's read that, John verse 1, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse 9, there was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, that is, they believed in who he was. 
To them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born, see, it's the, it, the Father is the one who reveals this, who were born not of the blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. This little book is a book of a fisherman who's just saying, we saw him. He lived with us. We saw the glory of the Son of God. But when you begin to, 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 get, to go through this, one of the things that he says is Jesus is God who became flesh. Do we really dwell on that? This is God. You remember God used to come to the Garden of Eden and walk with, you know, Adam and Eve, and, and they would walk together. And Well, that was awesome. God came and walked with. What a beautiful experience. This is God's Son, God himself, walking with man living, being born, raised just like you and me. A tremendous difference there. And the Bible says, and he became flesh and lived among us. So Jesus is God and Jesus created us. In the beginning with God, all things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. And people say, wait a minute, I thought God, this is in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's what it says in Genesis. Why is it saying here that Jesus created everything? Let me tell you something. You and I can no more comprehend God as a little ant can comprehend my, my, the, how my engine works in, in, in my suburban. You know, it's just, you can't even start to explain that. Jesus said in John, I and the Father are one. God is so far above us, he can be three persons and still be himself. And you say, well, I don't understand that. That's the difference between you and God right there. Right? And so that's why in the prophecy about the Messiah, they call him Almighty God, Eternal Father, Wonderful Counselor. This is God in the flesh walking and living. And let me tell you something. Every word that is in red, we ought to pay attention to it. That is God himself. Speaking, He's not a prophet. He hasn't sent his secretary. He sent himself. And, and, this is, and so, you know, he created us. But then it says, in him was life, and life was the light of men. That first part of the verse, he's the source of life. Cemetery procession came, came through, funeral procession came through. Jesus had compassion on the mother because that was her a widow. Who, that was her only son, and she was going to have to go into oh, no telling what kind of work. To, to make a living because women didn't own anything back then. Everything was owned by men. And now everything she had was going to be turned over to other people. And Jesus stopped the procession, told the young man to get up, and the guy wrote, raised up out of the casket. You know, and, and what John is saying, let me tell you something. If you're looking for life, if you're looking to really live, it's in him. There's people going to line up and buy those tickets this afternoon to try to get that $1 billion prize. By the time the government gets theirs, it'll be 400-something, 500-something uh, million, I think. People have more faith in a 1 in 300 million chance to get the lottery than they do in the Son of God who says, Believe in me, I'll give you life forever in paradise with me. Think about it. Why is there such a discrepancy in our world with that? Because people fail to believe in who Jesus is. That's a big thing. 
And I think every one of us, this, if you didn't get the, 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 uh, the, the notes that's at the back back there, you can pick one up on the way back. You ought to sit down and ask yourself, how significant is Jesus? How much do I really yearn to read his words, to live his words, and to be a part of him? And it says his life was the light of men. And you know what? And we're going to close on that right here because right here is probably the biggest evidence that God has given. Because Jesus said, I'm the light. Well, right there, his life was the light of men. When he came back alive, the resurrection, that's the biggest light ever shown. Because nobody has ever said, I'm going to die and come back three days. We've heard it so much, our ears have gotten dull, hadn't they? Yeah. Our ears scarcely hear the most amazing thing. And let me tell you why I say that, because the Bible says it. I was, by the Holy Spirit, was taken to Acts 17, where it says, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent because he's fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus is like a spotlight shining to the point that we've got our entire world calendar system based upon Jesus. Before Jesus and after Jesus. It's all about who he is. And so as we go forward, help us to remember that Jesus is a light. And it says here in John, he enlightens every man. In other words, he's going to shine his light on you. He's going to either enlighten the dullness of your heart or the hunger of your spirit for him. He's going to shine his light on you. You're going to be seen exactly for who you are. The question is, are you going to take a step today in the direction you need to go? Can you pray with me, please? Lord, I'm so glad that you sent Jesus to tell us that you do not want us to perish. You're going to burn up this old evil world one day. And you're going to restore us with a new earth and a new heaven. And all the evil is going to be tied up and bound and put in that lake of fire. And Lord, you want us to be in paradise with you. Lord, more than that, you've come to shine on our hearts. And Lord, I just want to pray that right now we will just decide to take some time and ask ourselves, how important are the words of Jesus? How significant is what he did for me on the cross? And if we feel that our heart is colder than it needs to be, then Lord, help us to open up the speaking and say, Lord, help me take one step in the direction I need to go that God, I'll begin to have you restoring to me the joy of my salvation, the fire and zeal of your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, you can smell the food, but it's not going to do you any good unless you take a bite. You can say, boy, that, that looks good, but it's not going to make a difference you sit down at the table and Jesus said you need to be abiding in my word that, that means soaking in it and Jesus said you need to be abiding in me that means take your front porch or wherever you need to go your quiet place 
and be still. Know that he's God. I did not come up with this sermon. It was the breeze of the Holy Spirit that raised the light on it. I said, people need to know. Shelby, you need to know. Who am I to you? It shows itself in the way you live. It shows itself in the way you talk. It shows itself in the, your attitudes. It shows itself in how important this book is to you. And if you find yourself more indifferent than you really want to be, then your first step to God is, Lord, make me less indifferent. Make me more careful. And the Holy Spirit will open up. If an even a little appetizer, and the appetizer of the Spirit will make you more hungry for the full course. Now you know what you need to do. I don't know what that is. Pastor, you're going to come and you're going to pick it up right here. Y'all know what you need to do because the Holy Spirit's right there with you. He knows what's in man. So my, my prayer is that let's not make this just a sermon. Let's make this a moment where you're saying, all right, Lord, turn your light on. Turn your light on. What do I need to do?